When the right people come together at the right moment, when they care almost as much about winning as they do about each other, they can become the best of the best. Best Soccer Show, Backheel.com, Jason Davis, Jared Dubois, live Sunday night. Sunday. It's Game of Thrones night. And I'll have sure. to... Don't I, talk about it like you I know. care. I, well, no, I do care. I missed last week. We, we talked about my problem. We talked about my issue. We discussed this. And, I, and, I, and it's not that I wasn't intending to find an end run around my problem. It's that I just didn't find the time to sit down. Because instead of just flipping on my TV... Or going to my DVR, which I don't actually even have right now. Or even pulling up, you know, uh, HBO Go, which I didn't sign up for. I have to, you know, it's a process. I have to go through a whole thing. Like, I have to think about it and make time for it. And that's where I'm at right now. But I intend to catch mm-hmm. up. I do. And by the way, boobs or death? What one? Uh, boobs last week. Last week, boobs. Well, I mean, honestly, boobs always win. Death always <laughs> wins in the long run, but yes, on a week-to-week right. week basis in life, boobs win. Uh, absolutely. Usually, usually. That's, there's, you know, there's some segments of well, society. Well, you think about it. I mean, you have to write death into a plot. Boobs, you could just say background women, woman without. Uh, by the way, we need to start saying boobs, death, or butt. There's a lot of man butt <laughs> in the first episode of the season. Okay. Well, now I'm not done. Do I really want to go back and watch it now? Sure. <laughs> of, I mean, there's a lot good of man butt. Oh, there are ugly right. butts. Well, I mean, I don't know whether or not your subjective opinion of, of man butt is something I should trust or not, Jared. Is that really? Do I want to go down that road uh, with you right I, I would now? I I'm a connoisseur. Uh, by the way, we are live. It is uh, excellent to be back live. The phone lines are therefore open. 347 Seven five six six two seven six. Our old number. Well, uh, not our old number. Our regular number. Let's say it that way. Uh, if you want to jump jump in on anything we talk about tonight, feel free to do so. We'll even allow you to steer us in a completely different direction if you want. Now, Jared, I know you. Yeah, just- if you want to talk about the fact that the best pie show on network TV right now is Last Man on Earth, then that that's cool too. Really? Okay, I haven't checked. Are you it watching out that yet. show? No, I'm not. I I, oh, I dug that's a the good pr- one. Well, here's the thing though. I was kind of turned off. I I dug the premise i completely dug the premise i i realized that you can't you can't really write a show about one guy like you have to throw they wrote an entire episode and it was absolutely fascinating on just one guy okay but you can't do that for a whole season he can't carry that whole season i would have by liked himself. to have seen them try to be honest okay. with you but but, uh, but i hear like yeah. there it's it's the, la- the show's called the last man on earth and i hear there's like six people on that show now so explain to me how they are faithful to the premise i think you were yeah it's it's like saying, "Oh, it's called Mad Men. Why are there women?" Okay, <laughs> l- listen, it's a it's a premise for the show, but all right, all I- right. I'll, I'll say this: it's amazing that Will Forte convinced the network to give him network mon- level money to do what he's doing, and he's great at it. Okay, fair enough. Okay, uh, yeah, I need to get on. I need to catch up on Game of Thrones. I'll have to check out. You know, Last Man on Earth. I'm, I, I finally managed to Don't get... accidentally Google Last Man Standing. You don't want that. Okay. All right. I, I finally okay. managed to catch up with Brooklyn Nine-Nine not too long ago. Maybe a week or two behind. I have to... Silicon Valley, I know we're one, season, one episode into that season too, right? Yep. So I yep. have to catch up on Silicon Valley. Uh, there's a lot to catch up on. How do you do this? Didn't you just travel for work? Like, didn't you just go to Chicago? Yeah, I went to Chicago, man. I walked down the Miracle Mile for the first time. Never been to Chicago. Beautiful architecture down there. People do not understand how to drive. 
But uh, yeah, red light. I must think three people almost get hit by cars because everyone walks with earbuds in, and no one respects a red light well, in Chicago. You do know that the farther east you go, the worse the driving gets, right? You understand that that the I, people. It's just weird. I come from. I'm from Los Angeles. You know, I'm L.A. It's like we understand driving. We hate it, but we understand it. <laughs> well, you guys move it like five it miles snows an hour, or rains, and then okay. we suck. Well, okay, absolutely, and that's true with here. That's true here in D.C. By the way, snow or rain, people can't drive to save their lives but they can't drive any normally anyway baltimore drivers are bad philly drivers are bad new york drivers are bad boston they're all terrible they're all terrible terrible drivers all right let's get to some soccer business here we've got a big mls weekend to cover at some point we'll do that i think we have before we get into the u.s men's national team which is going to be our lead story here jared true or false there are no games i have to avoid this week Everybody what produced. Do you, mean you have to avoid. Everybody produced at least one goal. Every game produced at least one goal, right? Oh, this one finally at the end, right here. This one barely uh, eked it out for you. The the last one here, uh, Portland versus NYCFC. You almost had Danger one you could talk about. Yeah, so we got at least one goal. They did Portland beating New York City. Well, is it over yet? Have they blown the whistle? I think they've blown the whistle. Yeah, that's over now. Okay. Final 1-0. Right. So People are shaking hands Portland. out there. Uh, we'll get to all of that MLS stuff. And again, feel free to call in 347-756-6276 with whatever you want to talk about MLS-wise when we get there. But we should probably start with the U.S. men's national team. They played Mexico in San Antonio on Wednesday, Jared. Dos a cero. They win to nothing. You get goals from the kid Jordan Morris and Juan Agadello. And you, the, the game was all kinds of wacky because of that surface. And obviously Mexico was bringing a C team. If you want to be, uh, if you want to be generous about it, I mean, this is this was clearly a an off an off off friendly. This wasn't anywhere close to full on USA Mexico rivalry stuff. Other other than the the trend continues of two zero. Right. Well, there's that, and I and I actually was looking at something. I think since two thousand, the United States is thirteen five and five against Mexico. So this is not. So I, I didn't get to listen to your breakdown soccer morning. So let me guess how this went down for for Jason Davis. You started the conversation saying we can learn nothing from this because of the pitch, and then asked what did we learn? No, I didn't ask what we learned. I didn't. I, I said okay. in terms of the team performance. And I'm going to back this up, and I, I believe this. In terms of the team performance, you, there's not much to take away from that game. because yeah. not, not just because of the surface, which was a major factor, but because of the makeup of the team and the makeup of Mexico's team. I just don't know what you learn from that game on the whole. Like, oh, we played. No, it's, it's an, it's, you're judging individuals. You're judging individuals and how they combine with others. It's, it really isn't a game to talk about um, bigger, big-picture styles of play for either national team. It's not anything about that. It's about judging individual talent on the field against other individual talent and how they stacked up. That exactly. being said... Maybe the most impressive part of the field for the U.S. for me was the center back pairing. I really liked what Omar Gonzalez and Alvarado Ventura uh, okay. did, did did in that game. You ready? You ready for me to to take some some of the Ventura Alvarado? Why did I say I switched that around? Sorry about that. Did you say Alvar- it's the first name last and his last name first? Yeah, Alvarado Ventura. I actually kind of yeah. dig that. That's very nice. Um, so that sounds like a soap star. Do you want me to rain on your parade just a little bit with those two? And, and I, you're right, they were good. The, You're going to tell me that they weren't playing anything worthwhile? Or? I'm going to tell you that Mexico, who traditionally likes to keep the ball on the ground, strings together some passes, knows how to work it through the middle, create some, mm-hmm. create some space, and, and obviously create situations where center backs have to switch off quickly and cover posts. They didn't yeah. get to do any of that. 
They didn't get to do any of that, not only because of their team, and that's not a team that's been playing together a lot, but because that surface simply did not allow it. So what you had instead was a Mexico limited to a whole lot of playing the ball wide and trying to sweep in some crosses. And let me tell you, you're not going to win much when you sweep in crosses against guys the size of Omar Gonzalez and Ventura Alvarado. Okay, but at the same time, though, in Eric Torres and Eduardo Herrera, that was probably the strongest area of the field for Mexico. That Those are two talented strikers up top for Mexico, and they didn't necessarily threaten any large regard over the course of the night, other than the fact that golf clap to Eric Torres for the spin nutmeg on Omar yes, Gonzalez. That yes. was one of the nastiest moves yeah. I've seen in a while. Well, I, I think, I think um, well, yeah, it certainly was nasty, and it showed up at Omar Gonzalez. I actually think Obafemi Martins taking that ball down in that turn against Colorado this weekend was on that level, if not better. Oh, yeah. Uh, but look, again, the United States wins the game. It's a feel-good thing. And I even thought that the crowd sort of reflect, reflected the feeling of the match. There were a lot of people there who said, you know, we ex- everybody expects it to be, to, me- to be Mexico heavy when you play anywhere in the U.S. when Mexico is involved and you're not limiting tickets like you do in Columbus for a World Cup qualifier. So there's that to consider. And and they all said that there was there were more U.S. fans than they expected, or there were more people wearing U.S. colors than they expected. I have I have kind of a couple of theories on this. I mean, I, I'm not a sociologist, but it seems to me like we're we're approaching a sort of generational shift where a lot of Mexican Americans are fans of both teams, and why do they need to choose? And as long as they're not playing each other, who cares if I'm a Mexico fan or a USA fan? I don't know who they showed up to for. Uh, showed up I think, to the, I think for. the the uh, the analogy used during the game, uh, not analogy, but the uh, kind of the the story used during the game about uh, Alvarado that mom and dad wanted to play for Mexico. What five six brothers all wanted him to play for the U.S. and that's the generational gap. And I see it in California here all the time. In that I have guys that I work with or that I I, I play with that have that generational gap where the the parents every game are rooting for Mexico and the kids are working for the national team. Or it's actually like the it's almost like the the commercial that came out a year or two ago where the kid goes out to the garage yeah. to watch the game yeah. in secret. Yeah. That's not necessarily untrue anymore. No, I, I and I and look I, I think that again. Those kids who may be rooting for the U.S. or may be leaning towards the U.S. They were born here. They they grew up here. That's their that's their first team. But they're also not gonna like they're not gonna piss on Mexico when they get a chance to root for Mexico against anybody but the U.S. You know what I'm saying? Like this is one of those situations where if you're born in Connecticut and you got a Yankee parent and a Red Sox parent, yeah, you're you you better pick a team or somebody's going to have a problem. But when they're not playing each other, you can root for both. I mean, it sounds like sacrilege. But it's happening, and I think that was part part of the crowd there, which I found probably even more interesting than the game because, again, the game didn't give me anything real to grab onto. I'm wondering if it's going to be odd for my kid when 10 years from now when I'm sitting down watching one of these games with him and I tell him about a time where the U.S. was playing away in every game that they played against Mexico ever. Yeah. You know, it's it, and the, he may not understand the need for why we needed Columbus Crew, like why that was so, the Columbus Crew Stadium, why that was even necessary to have that. And I went back this week and I started watching, you know, I get nostalgia every time the U.S.-Mexico game was on. I started watching the old, old, all the old game film, you know, the 2001, the original. And by the way, going back and watching that, God, it just every once in a while, it bears repeating how good Clint Mathis's little... Yes. 
one time. Yeah. Oh, actually, it's like his two touch. He, he almost takes it down the air in the same motion, plays that beautiful ball over the top to Josh Wolf. Listen, it's yeah. 15 years ago, but I still, every time I watch yeah. it, like it, someone needs to go back and make sure everyone else that hasn't seen that game still understands okay. what happened. Okay, there. old man, we get it. I am the keeper of the, I of get the archive. It. I get it. Look, I, I think uh, that's another interesting thing, too, is sort of the, the disconnect between generations in terms of what we lived through and what we remember, what they didn't, et cetera, et cetera. All this stuff is going to come to a head at some point. And I've even been asked, like, hey, can you on Soccer Morning, can you take time to, like, flesh out the career of some of these great players that I didn't get to see? He mentioned, you know, Alexi Lalas. He mentioned uh, John Harks. He mentioned, like, mm. we're talking about guys... Claudio Reyna, even. I mean, Claudio Reyna retired well, in what, we, we, we are fans of a sport that doesn't have an ESPN Classic that goes back and does this stuff. Yeah. You know, like ESPN Classic, I mean, my, our kids can go watch games of Larry Bird and um, Isaiah Thomas. And probably even going back to the days of uh, Bill Russell, you can go watch those games and see what those guys were like. You know, no one's doing that necessarily for soccer. Every once in a while around World Cup time, though, we'll go show a classic matches of World Cup's past. Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said that one day, I mean, it may be more prevalent. I hope it is. And in the day, uh, in the age of streaming media, one day all these games may be online for anyone who ever wants to watch well, them to I, watch them at their leisure. Yeah, I, I actually think that that's important. Some of these games are in their entirety. Like I think the entire 2002 World Cup is on is on YouTube somewhere. Like you can watch the entire Portugal game, the entire mm-hmm. USA Portugal game in its entirety. Now. There's a difference between sitting down and watching a game you know the result of from 15 years ago and, you know, spending the two hours to do it. And, you know, maybe and, and look, I don't know if it rises to this level and I'm not a documentary guy and I'm still going to bang the drum for the Freddie Adu doc. But hey, you know what? Throw something 30 minutes to, uh, together in 30 minutes on Dosa Sarah and the birth of Dosa Sarah. I mean. Somebody needs to do this stuff, right? Somebody needs well, to Well, there be- was a lot of uproar last time around the World Cup about how many of the ESPN 30s were not about the U.S., I, I didn't care about them, and I get that it's a rich soccer landscape, and you could go down to Colombia and find a story, and you can go to Argentina and find a story, you can go to England and find a, a thousand stories. I get that. Isn't that most of the more important things that Americans are watching stories about the sport? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all sort of... That, this is the, another interesting thing about being a soccer fan in the United States, and even if you don't go back to 2000 or before, I mean, we, we, the old-timers go back way before that, you can you have to learn at your own pace you have to find your level right like you have to find it's just like a learning american history like obviously you didn't learn you didn't live through the cuban missile crisis but you go back and read about it and you find out what it was all about and you read the different takes on why it went wrong and blah 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 and it's the same thing for for soccer same thing for any sport you need to find what's important to you and well, it, just like this week, all sorts of people probably Googled for the first time Dante Washington to find out who, and yeah. who that was and why Jordan Morris is important. Dante Washington follows me on Twitter, by the way. That's good, right? Me too. Why are you trying to big up me? I'm not. I'm not. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know your Twitter followers. Well, so why are you just throwing random stuff? Why are you name dropping for name drop's sake? <laughs> because I don't know. Because it was fun. All right. 347-756-6276. You guys are out of practice and I get it. I understand. We haven't been on the air live in quite some time. That should be sorted now the the fancy new studio i'm sitting in right now if you're watching live or you watch the youtube uh, uh version later this is oh, permanent now this is a sneak peek this, this is the first time anyone's seen this right this, this i was actually i said i was pretty excited that i get to I, I got to pop the studio cherry for best soccer show oh. rather than rather than for soccer morning it just feels right because this was the show like we started yeah. doing this i don't even know I, is it bad that i i literally don't know how old this show is 
Like I have to really think yeah, about it. I, I would I would really have to think about it as well. It's got to be close to four years right now. No, no October no. would have been four years. No, right? no, no, no. I think we started in two thousand. We didn't do a World Cup our first year. Oh, uh, that's right. We didn't. We it was two thousand. It was so it was two thousand eleven. You're right. It is four years. I think you're right. I think yeah. four years is about right because we did take the entire. We took the U.S. the entire way. October two thousand eleven. Okay, we took the U.S. the entire way from post. Uh, you know, post 2010 World Cup, coming out of the mm-hmm. slumber period, going into qualifying. 503, you're on the air. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Patrick in Portland. How you doing? What's going on, Patrick? Hey, hey, just wanted to give a quick shout out to my boys. We got a big three points on the road there in New York just now. But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, unfortunately, we weren't good enough to make it on FS1. We had to get back seated <laughs> to, uh, yeah, by the way, I, I, I heard, see, here's the thing. And this is, this is part of the reason why the new TV deal is a, is a good thing. I heard, I heard, um, uh, who's the ESPN? I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Who's the play by play announcer for ESPN? For MLS? Uh, Adrian Healy. Adrian Healy Adrian. Right? I, li- I heard Adrian Healy say that that game was going to be on FS2, not FS1. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. So, ESPN, yeah. as part of the deal that they have with MLS and the partnership with everybody pushing the league, ha- you know, gave a tip that go to FS2. Why did that happen? I don't even know why that happened. Uh, uh, I guess there was the, some sort of uh, rain delay on some sort of long. NASCAR race or something, and okay. they just brought it back. And that, that, I, that does make sense. Actually, that's what I heard. Yeah, but, but America, I mean, we've got to get over this thing where we get all butthurt because, oh, my God, the, the Fox is not taking soccer seriously. Bump it to another channel. When a game goes to overtime or something like that in soccer, we bump sports, too. I don't care. It's I don't care. About, you're always going to stay whatever was already on. No, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to get up in arms about that. I don't think anybody should. I think we are we are a spoiled bunch. We are ex- yeah. incredibly spoiled in this country when it comes to the soccer on our televisions. And, you know, let's just let's just be thankful. We could, you know, there could be more people. Did you see that CBS LA tweet, Jared? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> someone got someone getting. I don't think someone got fired, but someone definitely getting a talking to this weekend. Patrick, what else is on your mind? Hey, man, I just wanted to call um, about talking about uh, the U.S. game. And uh, I, I really, really strongly think that Omar has got to be one of our better center backs. I mean, he's just playing. He's just killing it out there. I thought he was really good on Wednesday. I thought he was really good uh, yesterday um, for the Galaxy. You know, I just think he's one of our best center backs, and I really hope what, that he Jared, can get the nod for the Gold Cup. Jared, what was the knock? What has been the knock on Omar Gonzalez? Like, why how, Why haven't you, we fully accepted things. him? Two things for me. One thing I think is a general one, which is, and this is kind of positional, I think. Not everyone feels sees, sees this the same way. One is that he's prone to that big error every game. And I don't think over the last six to eight months that has necessarily been true the way it was maybe a year ago. Um, so I think maybe that's part of his game that I don't have anything recently to point to to say that that's still an issue. The other part, and I think this is one is still definitely a work in progress, but he's improved in, is his ball control. Ball mm-hmm. control, heads up the field, making that pass, not just having to lump it downfield, having composure on the ball to find the right pass out of the back. And that mm-hmm. is essential for Jurgen Klinsmann. Do you think that that's part of his natural development as a player? You think it, you, do you think you give credit for that to Bruce Arena, who obviously coaches him the majority of the time? Or, hey, this is something Klinsmann's been talking about and wants to play out of the back. Maybe Gonzalez got better because Klinsmann pushed him. Yeah, I think there's a that's a dual thing there. I think Bruce Arena wants to play out of the back as well. Um, 
I think over the last couple of weeks, I think that Galaxy has been bypassing midfield more than I would like because they have Alan Gordon up top and they've been really using him to, as a battering ram up front. But I, I think Elmer Gonzalez is naturally kind of building that side of his game. The problem is, what is he right now? 25, 26, and he's just getting that under his belt. That's the bigger problem for the U.S. Yeah. Where's I, that I guy that's ready now at 20 to 22 that has that skill? That's one of the skills hopefully guys get early. The positioning part of the game, I understand you may get that a little bit more down the road. Because, I mean, the more game time you get, that's just like a keeper. Why does a keeper get so well as he gets older? He understands the positioning that much well, better. What did you think? What did you make of uh, Ventura Alvarado's ball handling in that game? I've seen I a lot it of it. Really comfortable. Okay. Really comfortable. I think he is a great little mix of what none of our center backs, some of our, few of our center backs do well. He's big. He can win balls in the air. He's still fast. I mean, I saw him a few times turn on the ball and, and, like, and actually turn the heels on and actually keep up with some of these strikers. And he looks positionally aware. Yeah. Now, granted, I haven't seen it in a large, um, over a large scale of time, but mm-hmm. he definitely has a few of the attributes that a few of our guys only have one of. How and are, I think that's very interesting with him. How have we gotten this far? We're, about, you know, we're not quite halfway through the show. we got a late start. But how have we gotten this far? And when we started with the U.S. national team and not – like just started the hype machine for Jordan Morris yet, Jared? Where? Because it's not that big of a deal. Honestly, I, I can't believe people are still talking about it as big as they are because people need a headline. People need a narrative. But Juan Goodell's goal is better it <laughs> to was. be honest with you. Yeah, it was. And it was Jordan definitely Morris, better. I mean, we got a, he had a, we got a lucky break on a on a on a on a caromed pass from Jossie Zardes. Fell to Jordan Moore. It doesn't change the fact that yes, it's important and it's cool that a a kid from Stanford is scoring a goal for the national team against Mexico. But it's just not that big in the grand scheme of things. No, I, cool. I I understand what you're saying, one. and like I, I don't want to hype Jordan Morris. I think that's the wrong uh, wrong thing to do. Patrick, I gotta let you guess go. Guess what? Can you uh, can you watch right, him play anytime you. soon? Can you watch him anytime soon? Yeah. I don't know. Is he on the Pac-12 network? Is no, that it's out of season? You can't watch Jordan Morris this weekend. So that's well, why I don't really care. Okay, about he's it. gonna go play with the U23s up in Seattle for the summer. I've heard. So maybe you catch a stream of that on on YouTube's or something. I'm I don't saying know. that's why I question what what the big picture is with the U.S. national team and Jurgen Klinsmann's considerations be, and why he is not joining Seattle immediately unless he's going overseas. Yeah, uh, Robert from LA, what's up? Hey guys, how's it going today? Good. It's good. It's hey guys, did you guys know talking about the the U.S. Mexico game. I want to ask you a question about them. Uh, uh, the goalkeeper situation. I just, I'm a, I, I don't see what everyone sees in Nick Romano. I know he's a great keeper and all, but I think uh, if we're gonna experiment, uh, if Clemson's experimenting, why doesn't he give like Hamid or Johnson or even or Yarbrough like a full game? Why doesn't he do that? Uh, okay, for one thing, have you read t- Tim Howard's comments lately? He sounds like he may be done altogether in the very near future. So you may, if Brad Guzan, that means you're one keeper deep at, in terms of starters right now. If Brad Guzan is the, the hands-down starter, and I think we can all agree with that, and Tim Howard all of a sudden decides he doesn't want to play anymore, you need Nick Ramondo more than you think because you're one injury away from having to start you know what Bill it is? Hameed, Yarbrough yeah. or Johnson. Look, obviously, Bill Hamid is an incredibly talented goalkeeper. He's a super athletic guy. I, I think that his future is so... I, I mean, I, I don't know that there's anything... You can't really say anything negative about him. He had that spill last week that led to a goal. He does, he does that happen. so rarely now. I mean, he... You remember what it used to be? Bill Hamid, Sean Johnson, Bill Hamid, Sean Johnson. Yeah. Sean Johnson is... So far behind Bill Hamid now because he's inconsistent because he makes those mistakes. I think that look if if Klinsman said my number two is Bill Hamid, 
I that wouldn't bother me in the slightest. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Now, as you said, but if you were going to start a guy for World Cup qualifier tomorrow, which would you rather do, Ramondo or Hamid? Where is it? Hamid. Where Where's the game, where? Jared? Doesn't matter. It's a it World Cup qualifier. It kind of does. And, and here, here's my only logic on this: Nick Ramondo's experience is so vast, and obviously Guzan has you know has worked his way into being a a top starter in England and obviously Tim Howard is you know Tim Howard part of the reason that you go with those guys and when this whole thing about Howard and Guzan came up last year why I was against the switch is because familiarity and experience and direction are almost as important as whether or not you're going to come out and punch at eight yards. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I think that we miss that element of it. We go, well, look, he can make the diving save and, uh, you know, he's decent with the ball at his feet. His distribution is okay. That stuff's fairly obvious. What's not obvious is whether or not the guy behind Omar Gonzalez, Ventura Alvarado, Matt Beasler, uh, uh, Michael Fr- uh, Roscoe, or whoever's in there, is the guy in charge and has them doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now he has to call her a question. What's your concern with Nick Raimondo? Um, Well, my concern is I don't (laughs) see him as a long-term solution. Well, no, he's not. Of course he's not. Like a full cycle-wise. No, of course he's not. So so should we be mad at Jurgen Klinsmann the way we're calling out the Brad Evans uh, call-up? Should people be mad about Nick Raimondo getting called up if we're mad about Brad Evans getting called up? Well, it's just my take is I think uh, at some point, you you have to move on, and I mean this is the year where you should be experimenting, because if if uh not, if Romano's not the long term solution, or um, uh, then you put and you throw in Hamid or Yabra or Guzan or you not not Guzan, but let's just say Johnson, um, uh, straight into the deep end, they may struggle. You know, you do have a U23 team and an Olympic qualification and possible Olympic tournament coming up next year. You do have um, you know, you have other. Other things going on. And in fact, I would be more concerned. I am more concerned about the about the keepers behind the younger keepers, the younger level keepers. Where are those? Are we are Cody Cropper really the guy? Like, is he really the guy? Are you are you sold yeah. on Cody Cropper? I mean, is there a guy in MLS who's under the age of 25 that you really like? Wow, that's that's a player that we should keep an eye on. I don't know that we are anymore. One of Phillies is not playing. I don't know. <laughs> well, Andre Blake still has a touch on the field. What's up, Robert? Go ahead. Uh, actually, yeah. Can I have um, uh, one more question I can ask you guys? Yeah, what's up? Shoot. All right. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but um, uh, one of you saw this, right, Jared. Uh, there was a CBS Los Angeles made a tweet saying that uh, there's soccer on two uh, two over-the-air channels. And then, um, uh, I don't know if you saw this tweet, but they were saying, like, what the hell is going on with this country? Have you guys seen this? Yeah, we actually yeah. just we actually just mentioned it. I don't think we want to spend a whole lot of time on it. Clearly, somebody who had access to the CBS LA account tweeted that when they meant it from their personal account or whatever. And if that's the case, and listen, all I would say is that that is that. Listen, you need to find you need to find a social media manager that's more careful than that. Yes, because right. I mean, I I think. And then later in the evening, just so you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but they did t- t- tweet out later about Omar Gonzalez's last second goal and how exciting it was. <laughs> Yeah, trolling us. <laughs> trying to make All right, up guys, for it. thanks for um, uh, taking thanks. my call. Hey, uh, and also, Jerry, thanks for um, uh, responding to my tweet of uh, death or boobs earlier today. Oh, yeah, right on, baby. I, I took death this week. Took yeah. death. Thanks for the call, Robert. Appreciate it. goes Robert in LA. 347-756-6276 is the phone number. I, I, think, I think when that stuff happens, well, first of all, you know that, a, that CBS LA, which is, you know, 
what second biggest market in the country. They should have somebody. Yeah. They should have a social media manager. But you know they pass it off to an intern. You know they did. They're I like, hope a t- company that large no, is not passing. No, it off because to an intern. these people, especially at the local level, are flat out stupid. They go, oh, we don't I'll need one of this. those. On a Saturday afternoon, there might be an intern doing it, but I don't think during the week that's being done by 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 an intern. Mm, maybe, maybe. I just, I just, I just feel like. It's one of those things that the older, crustier like management team doesn't understand. So they go, give it to the intern. They get that we got that kid from UCLA. Give it to him, and then next thing, yeah, you know, you know they may understand it once something like this happens. And I, I always feel like this says more. Like I don't understand that logic. Not just because I'm a soccer fan, but just because it's a dumb thing to say. What's wrong with our country because there's a sport on television? I don't like. Well, what? Here's what's weird to me. Who the hell follows CBS Los Angeles that even <laughs> sees this in the first place? Man, I like, don't know. Wait, hold on. How else are you going to get your breaking car chase tweets? Like, okay, how- I'll give you that. That I do follow one. The, basically, as an Angelino, I know the. there's only two networks that will ever show a car chase because they're just the off-brand networks. They're yeah. not the main ABC, CBS, NBC ones, or even Fox. Those are the two I follow. Okay. Those are the All ones right. that need the CD they, side. They They'll show the, the, the chases. They need to, they're, they're the ones from Nightcrawler. They're, t- they're taking that stuff. Have you seen that movie? From Nightcrawler? Yeah, that movie uh, with... Um, oh, is that the one with uh, the guy from Brokeback Mountain? Yes, yeah. That's an okay. excellent movie. Daniel in Atlanta is on the line. What's up? That's Jake Gyllenhaal. He's the next... There uh, you go. U.S. American star. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. That's exactly right. Freaking weird in that movie and does an excellent job of it. What's up, Daniel? Uh, I was going to say that I love your Jeffy's artist uh, post that you got. What, this thing right here that you can see on the video? <laughs> that's actually put from... Up the, uh, put up by the guys of Howler for, for yeah, LA Galaxy. Yeah, the, Brendan Handed and his crew. Yeah, the Galaxy teamed up with Howler and did a little uh, mini mag thing. It was really cool. Very good stuff. In fact, if any teams out there are listening right now... Send me stuff because I need look. I need decorations. I got a blank wall over here. Got, so basically, you're saying the, those those shelves are for hire? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I, that I can Beckham be, book is only as was only as you're only dedicated to that as it is the like the money attached. Well, I mean, I was given that. I, I would hand- say fans should be able to spend fifty dollars for a week and to put whatever they want behind you on that shelf. That's not a bad idea. I think you think mannequin is the way to go. Like the movie mannequin? No, like a, like a mannequin somewhere in this room. <laughs> that be a That'd be thing? creepy. Why would you want that? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of ways to spice up the space here. <laughs> we got, I'm just saying there. you lease out those spots. Yeah. All right, Daniel, what else is on your mind? <laughs> Jason doesn't want to feel lonely in the studio. That's why. Uh, hey, that's absolutely true, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. I am. I'm all by my lonesome here. I can't I can't open the door and yell and have my kids run into the room and give daddy a hug. Like that doesn't happen for me. That that Jared's got that working. No, that's daddy yelling at the kids telling them to be quiet. <laughs> Jared's house has got squeaky floors too, so there's an issue there. Yeah, I, I, do. Uh, I wanna I wanna go back to the caller who said that that why is Nick Romando getting a look at? Has he seen MLS? I guess um, I, I I I don't know. No, he said why is Nick Romando getting a look? I mean, why not? You know, he's he's what one of the top in in our pool, and nobody behind him is going to take him over other than Brad Guzan, who I, I think is the issue of being thirty five years old. Yeah, look, of course, and we know. Look, we we know a goalkeeper can be on top of his game all the way up till probably about forty before it's really over. Over. Tim yeah. Howard is, as you said, giving all these signs that he's just done, and and it's it may it may come to an end sooner rather than later. We've got Brad Guzan. I think we all feel comfortable with Brad Guzan. 
then it's then it's a question. Is it Bill Hamid? Is there somebody else out there? Is Tyler Derrick going to be international? Is Clint Irwin going to be an international? Is uh, Josh Saunders going to be an international? Steve Clark cannot be an Steve, international for the U.S. That's right. He's a Puerto Rican. I forgot. <laughs> well, uh, uh, not like a what, what's it? An adopted Puerto Rican. A a naturalized Puerto Rican or something well, like isn't that. Isn't Puerto Rico just kind of adopted as well? Yeah, it is. I, it's part of the U.S. I don't know. Daniel, got anything else, man? Uh, no, not much. Um, I like the new format. And even though I didn't watch the L.A. game last night, I just, you know, good on the boys. And our our, our boys, our, our baby boys are winning, I think. Yeah, well, is LA is LA uh, is the Galaxy 2 doing well, Jared? Do you know? No, they haven't mm-hmm. won a game yet this season. They haven't? No. No. Okay. All right, well, so they're not doing well. Well, I think he's saying they're doing well right now. Uh, By the way, in terms of Puerto Rico and Guam, we should be able to call out, call up AJ De La Garza or J- Josh Saunders should we see fit, right? They should yeah, be I don't like, know how they're like our, our development team. Well, like you feel like Guam and Puerto Rico, and no offense to all the very pro- proud Puerto Rican people out there, especially the ones who want them want want independence. I get it. I understand. I'm I'm kind of with you. Like, go get it. Oh yeah, definitely. American Samoa. But at the same time, like we are, they are wholly owned properties. That's not the right word. What's (laughs) territories? If if anything, I mean, listen. Let's let's make them like real states, and then we get AJ De La Garza back. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they. Okay, I know Puerto Rico's a FIFA member. Is Guam a FIFA member? I guess they probably are. Right. They must be. He's playing for him. Okay. Ray from Milwaukee's on the line. What's up, Ray? Yep. Oh, well, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, U.S.-Mexico game. And I I think that, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of these games in years past, and this is the first time I've really ever felt that money was the overdriving issue. You haven't been paying uh, attention, Ray. You have not been paying attention, if that's what you think, if that's the first time you're like, why would we ever play in Texas if it's not a money thing? Okay, here's I'm just going to use this as an example. And, Ray, I get what you're saying, but... Maybe it's because what you're saying is that there isn't, there wasn't the fire in it, there wasn't the heat, there wasn't the passion. You remember that? I think it was 2007. Remember the U.S. beat Mexico in Phoenix, sold out crowd, mostly Mexico. Jimmy Conrad scores, Landon Donovan scores. Landon Donovan puts the icing on it on a breakaway, right? Right. And yeah. remember, it was San- and, San- and Osvaldo Sanchez tried to take him out. Yeah, try, try to take, yeah. try to Eddie take Johnson. out Eddie Johnson. Yeah, after Landon Donovan scores, Eddie Johnson's following up. He tries to take out Eddie Johnson with a two-footer. That's two the heat we're missing. That's what. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're missing. And somebody else, somebody called Soccer Morning, Jared. I don't think they listened. I don't think they heard you say this. But uh, maybe it was was wait, it was it was you right? Somebody who said. Alan Gordon should be playing in this game. I had somebody no, tell me that. No, you tweeted me. Paul Daglish said that on is. Twitter, and Paul after I said it. Yeah, that's right. Paul Daglish, who's uh, coaching down in Austin, uh, son of, of Kenny, obviously. Was oh, like, yeah, totally right. This That matchup needs Alan Gordon. Not from anything having to do with playing soccer. From everything that does not have to do with playing soccer. From the standpoint of a Mexican needs an elbow in the eye. That's why you need <laughs> Alan Gordon in there. Or the other way around. Like I would have been. I don't want anybody hurt. And obviously, you did have Kyle Beckerman come up lame, but I there I would have I would have been okay if a Mexican got a little chippy and and I guess it kind of happened a little bit uh, with yeah, Kubo. I, I hate that Mexico these days just and, and, and all, all I'm trying to say is this rivalry deserves to be on the world stage with England and Germany and Argentina and Brazil. Um, and it needs to be treated like that. And I think that's why we should no longer have games on non-FIFA dates like this yeah. anymore. No, I'm kind of with you on that. And I, and I did, I, I actually wrote, thanks to the call, Ray. I, I wrote that they were, 
doing a disservice to the rivalry by playing this game, Jared. And, and while even though that's true, I don't know that that's the overriding concern because look, you need to make yeah, but some. You know, you you also you also got to planes need fuel and that's players what I'm need saying. food, right? And and I don't even just mean at the senior level. Like the, you obviously, U.S. Soccer can take that money, put it in their coffers, and then oh look, we're going to fund the U15 women's team, and we're going to fund this program. We're going to teach these coaches. We're going to actually honestly, to going. some respect, those programs have been fueled by this in the past. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you're you're totally right that if you want that type of level of commitment to um. To, to the youth national teams, like you said, development. And that's one of the things that Mexico's actually said they envy about the U.S. in years past, like over the last decade, is about how much money we put into the structure and in yeah. the discipline behind it, where there's a sense in Mexico that they don't know where the money goes. Like in the U.S., right. you can see where the money's going. Right. You know, yeah. it's really going to infrastructure, and that's why the gap is closing all the time. So I get it, too. I, I, I feel you on that, Jason. It feels dirty every time these games happen, and there's not a real reason for it, but... I feel like the same way about taxes. I don't like paying them, but I also like I don't like potholes on my road. No, absolutely. I I get what you're saying, and it is it is a difficult sort of back and forth between for U.S. soccer and, and the Mexicans as well. What, you know, how much do we sort of give ourselves over to just getting a, a big check and in in the interest of building our sport in our respective countries, while at the same time perhaps we're again doing a disservice or hurting hurting this uh, this rivalry that has been built up so much. All right, we've got about 20 minutes left. Probably about time to turn to MLS, right? Like, that. there's a league here. We should probably <laughs> be taking, taking stock of some of this. Daniel in Atlanta touched on the L.A. game. I- I'll start there, Jared, because that's your boys. 2-1 winners over Sporting Kansas City at home. There's no such thing as a must-win game in April in MLS, and yet for the Galaxy, you're sort of te- you were sort of teetering on the edge of like, okay, we need a confidence boost here. We need to really show that we're still the champs. Yeah, but this game really do that. I mean, I they, they need a last-second goal and the deflection to, to win it. But like all, all things being considered, they're still in third place in the West without Gerard. Robbie Keane's missed the last three games. You're starting the game without Jesse Dars, without Omar Gonzalez. This is a good result. It's just like when you think about LA and the expectation is usually around LA, it's not a good result. But if you really look at the situation they're in right at this moment. That's a good, that's yeah, a good but three I, points. You said it before. You said it, you've sort of out. It is. It's obviously a huge three points. It almost doesn't matter how you played as long as you get the points. And you said it before. They just need to hover around a, a point and a half, point three three to be fine. Yeah, point, for, right now they're at point five seven. Right when when Gerard gets here and and blah blah blah. I almost feel like, you know, I said it was treading water, but it's more than that. It's 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 arena. For now, until Gerard gets here, until this team is more settled, until Keane is all the way back to being himself. It's almost like water wings. Like he's put water wings. Like just like ah, uh, I'm just I'm having not the. the <laughs> well, and I'll I'll say this, and this will transition us maybe to New York Red Bulls, which is definitely one of the stories you need to talk about. I'm always leery of the teams that do well early anyway in MLS. Mm. It's the teams that do well down the stretch that tend mm. to get the get the 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 big attention, get the supporter shields, and get the uh, MLS cups. So. I'm okay with LA struggling because you know what? They've struggled almost every year. Not struggled like mightily, but just not been the lead. They rarely lead from wire to wire. They lead the last halfway to the end, and that's usually where they do well. Seattle, same way. A lot of the best teams in this league realize that there's a big, long marathon in front of them, which is why I get nervous to go really crazy for the New York Rebels right now, even though they deserve a hell of a lot of praise. Yeah, look, I, I think that you have to give them praise, and I, I find the early season sort of fascinating, and, and only because the title, the the crown of best team in MLS passes around so fast and so often that it's hard to keep track, but I like that because I, 
I'm, I'm, I like the fact that these teams are figuring themselves out. Now, would it be great to hit the ground running from week one? Holy crap, this is great soccer. Yeah, of course it would. It's just not going to happen. And you have that, and this is why the what, what you're saying is definitely holds true. You have that that summer window when everything can change, when a bunch of weird stuff yeah. can happen, when signings come in. We already know Gerard and Lampard are coming. When when new guys will, will pop up that we didn't know the about. ICC comes to town. Well, I don't give a flying whatever about this. Yeah, but the ICC. unfortunate thing is certain MLS teams have to care about it because it's going to be a distraction. I know, I know. And you obviously have, you have the Gold Cup this year that's going to take some yeah. players out of their teams for the national team. Dude, a lot. I mean, let's remember this. Let's not forget how how impactful the Gold Cup call-ups are going to be on MLS. I don't know what the schedule is. I haven't looked. I am sure there's maybe a break, a week or two break in there somewhere. But for the most yeah, but part... but you think about it, New York Red Bulls are in good position for that. Sasha Kletchen is the only person that might get called up. Oh, I know, I know. I know. Roy Miller? I, I want to say Roy Miller may be called up. I, 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 and I sort of, I sort of, you know, like this is not a good thing for MLS to have these internationals go away and have these teams have to make do with uh, with questionable depth and everything else. And it's certainly an, ar- certainly an argument for raising the salary cap. But it's also an argument, and it brings up this whole notion of when you put together your team, how many internationals do you really want? How many mm-hmm. guys playing in CONCACAF do you really want? I mean, look, you, you could get a former international who you know is not getting called up. You could, you could get, uh, you, you know, you could go sign a guy from... Uh, an African nation, and they're typically going to only play in, your, in, in the FIFA windows. You could sign Brazilians who are never going to get a call because hell, they have incredible talent, and they're just, that's it. Yeah. You, but if you sign guys, not like Roy Miller, but if you certainly, if you sign guys that are well, Sabarillo, Sabarillo, Beckerman, obviously Luis Gill's a U.S. youth international. Um, you know, there, there's other guys in this. There's there's a lot of guys in this league who are the backbone of this league, yeah. who are Concacaf players, and yeah. this tournament's going to have a big impact on that. I mean, okay, so you you mentioned the Red Bulls. Sasha Kleshin might get called in. We know Roy Miller gets called up by Costa Rica all the time for some reason, um, but they right now they look like the best team in MLS. And they did it again against. So San are Jose you in the Friday. hater camp where you're saying oh, Jesse Marsh is doing well with a team that was already good? It was already pretty good. No, because I don't think it's that easy. I don't think it's as easy. I'm, as I'm in a different camp, Jason. I'm in the camp where I'm, and now this is going to sound like hate on the Red Bull. So please, just give us a couple months to see this really shakes out. I think they're in the camp very kind of similar to the Montreal a year ago, where no one expected the New York Red Bulls to come out of the gate like this, and everyone was wondering what's this team going to be. So no one was really prepared for New York. Yeah, but, but and I it, think they're surprising people right now in the w- areas that they're finding success. I think eventually teams are going to adjust. They'll be able to review the game tape, see what New York's doing and adjust to this. I think early on though, no one was really game planning cuz no one really knew what this was going to look like. Okay. Duh but, and or hello. But at the same time, talent. They've got talent. I mean, let's not let's not act like this is we can't talk out both sides of our mouth. Three weeks ago, you and I are sitting here saying, "Where's the talent here?" Now we're saying Wait, three weeks the, later they got talent for the for the Red Bulls. Yeah, I never said that for the Red Bulls. No, there's no way I ever said that for the Red Bulls. We were believing in Felipe Martins. We were believing in Sasha Kleschen. We were believing in Bradley Wright Phillips without Thierry Henry. Come on. No, but the, like like I said, the ta- whether or not the mix works, whether or not the team is effective together is a different question than whether or not they have talent in the team. You could have a bunch yeah. of talented players, throw them into a pot, stir it up, and have the crappiest tasting soup you've ever had in your life. But you, if you 
Have a coach who knows what he's doing. You certainly have a program, a system that works. By the for way, them. that soup is called Timber's uh, Stew. Oh, uh, was Caleb Porter's special? No soup for you. Uh, mm. you. Look, McCarty, Felipe, as you mentioned, is a talented player who just, for whatever reason in Montreal, it kind of went south, and Marsh knows him. Lloyd Sam is in, I, damn Lloyd Sam. Sasha yeah. Kleshton. I, I don't know. I mean, Mike Grell is surprising me. I'll, I'll give you that. My girl uh, surprised me. I'm more surprised by anything else, their defense. I'm surprised their defense has been able to hold uh, up. That and was that's, the question. Uh, that's the biggest part of it. And that was the question, right? Uh, they, so against San Jose, they started Miazga and Paranel in the middle. Lawrence, who I don't know much about, and Duvall on the right. And so, yeah, I mean, the, there are some, you know, you didn't quite know what to make of that of that mix. But they're they're doing it. They're getting it done. And full credit to Jesse Marsh. Because, again, I don't think it's as simple as walking in the front door and going, yeah, it's a pretty good team last year. I'm just going to make it a pretty good team this year. Like, no, you can't. Things change. Well, let's do this then. Top three teams in the East right now, all tied for points. Here's a pick your poison for you regarding those three teams out of the East. All right. New York Rebels, DC United, New England Revolution, all on 11 points. Different games played. Yeah. Which one do you not believe in? Or uh, is that right? I think that's probably right. I mean, I still DC still confounds me because I don't. I still don't understand how they get this done. Like I, I just don't. You're talking about the talent on the field. I know they have a couple of guys. They obviously have ML, like above average MLS players. Chris Rolfe is definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, Nick DeLeon. Pontius on his day, although I'm not quite sure where he is. I'll say Perry Kitchens in that mix. Perry Kitchen is definitely above MLS average. Even Bobby Boswell at this point in his career is probably one of the. Top, I don't know, 20, 25 central defenders in the league. But I still yeah, don't I get, even better than that, probably. Okay, but I still don't get how they do it. I still don't understand how they do it. I, I really don't. They do it ugly, dude. They I, do it ugly. I know, I know. And then maybe that's, maybe that's why I don't want to give them the credit that they probably deserve. But they're also doing it with a like $400,000 hole in their pocket. Yeah, that's true. And Eddie Johnson. But they had that hole last year when he wasn't playing, when he was kind of out of the team. He got hurt. And then he doesn't came back make it in. not impressive, though. No, I know. Okay, so like, if you look at their, their team on paper, I'm looking at the team that they started against Houston. Now, they took, it took a great free kick uh, for them to, uh, to get to 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 get a, a point out of that game, it's actually a better Chris re- Walker, kick, yeah, yeah, it's a better result for for Houston than it is for DC because of, of that game uh, being at home. But Franklin Boswell Opare and Kemp Opare is love some Opare, you know, yeah, he's he's key here, obviously, because of the injury to Burnbaum. Michael Farfan, I had no idea what to expect out of him. Davy Arnault, who I, I, no, I, I He's peanut butter in every sandwich. He, he, the jelly gets all the credit. The peanut butter holds it on the sandwich. I, I know. I know he is. I know he is. But it just feels as though, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. He's an effective it, player. And a peanut butter jelly sandwich, you can put eight different kinds of jelly, and it's still a sandwich. But the peanut butter is always the same. No, I, I know. I know. Uh, Perry Kitchen, obviously, very good play, very good young player. Chris Rolfe, Arietta, who I always thought was a kind of a joke. Not not. Not, 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 not his talent's no joke though. No, it's not. He just never put it together. And then obviously Chris Pontius. And then you gotta, you know, the, you look at their bench. Travis Wara, Chris Korb, Jerry, Jared Jeffrey, Nick DeLeon on the bench. Okay, that's good. Connor Doyle, Luis Silva. I like him. That's legit. And Miguel Aguilar. I mean, I, I it's, it, it's not, I'm not going to say they're doing it with, with smoke and mirrors because they finished first in the East last year. You can't possibly yeah. put that on them. And yet it feels like maybe there's a little bit of a smoke bomb every hit now and then, just a little bit to hide what they're like. I don't, you don't quite yeah, know what I'm you doing. You do the same thing with, with Houston. Look, you got Joe Willis, which DC knows well, David Horst, Chandler Hoffman, Alex, 
Miranda, Lovejoy, and Bruin. Bruin's legit. Yeah. Just kind of like you could say about maybe uh, Nick, De- Nick well, DeLeon or something you, like that. You say Bruin's legit, but Bruin is uh, Bruin's a guy who will bang in five goals in like six games. And then, and then you don't hear from him for three months. Misses everything for three months. Can't hit the side of a barn for three months. I mean, we're talking about the yips yeah. like you would not believe. So yeah, that's that's part of the uh, that's part of it. There, I, I, I'm interested in Houston. I, I, I still don't have a grasp on what Owen Coyle is going to be all about. Um, they have some talent there. What else do we need to talk about here? I mean, certainly a bunch of results that are that deserve our attention on some level. I Seattle, think Columbus definitely need, deserves okay. something to talk about. I, I think a bit of that game, obviously the the red card to Ramos deserved red card. Kai lost his head. Didn't get the call he wanted. Just goes in feet first on a guy. Total red card. That really kind of throws the shape of the game off. It was already 1-0 at that point. But I'm just, once Columbus starts finding its rhythm, I think maybe watch out. Yeah. Now, okay, Iguain's got a goal in the season. Okay, Justin Miriam is getting back into form now. I think if those pieces come together, I still, Columbus was my pick out of the East this year to start the season. I still think they could be the team that tops it by yeah, the Yeah, look, again, it's, it's, it's mid-April. So you've got uh, you got six seven games under your belt. You got a long way to go. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint, et cetera, et cetera. Cliche, cliche. As you said, they've got they've got something there. We all saw it last season. That's why so many people picked them to come out of the East if they get rolling. And on the other side of this, Orlando's been pretty impressive. They're a fun team to watch. They can be a little bit all over the place. We don't know exactly what they're going to get out of their forwards still, even though you know you get a goal from uh, from Kyle Laren last week, and it's like, oh my gosh, here it is. They still have a lot to prove there. But what I love about that game, though, Ramos gets the red card. Before he gets the red card, he's so hot and he's walking away. Who's there? Kaka's got his arm around his shoulders, telling the young kid, "Hey." Get your S together. You, you know, like you, it just that's what I want. That's why, oh, Kaka is such a good signing for this league. Yeah. For that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not I'm not really down with the whole Pentecostal super religious thing, which is cool. He can do it. I mean, obviously it's his yeah. life, it's whatever. I'm not really down with it. But beyond that, it's really tough not to have a man crush on Kaka. Like it's really, no, really yeah. hard. I mean, if you figure that like, he brings what you want on the ball and then combines it with being a leader like that off He's the ball. Always that is such a Always yeah. happy. He's always happy. Like it's like I am joyful to be playing soccer, and it's like yeah, hell yeah. That's how I should feel every day. I don't, but that's how I should feel every day. Just like Kaka, I don't have millions of dollars in the bank you, and a beautiful you wife. Get to but... Talk about soccer every day. You should be happy. <laughs> oh, I'm thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled that I get to talk about soccer every day. All right, so Columbus thumps Orlando three nothing. Obviously, a, a, a big result for the crew. Or sorry, for Crew SC against uh, against the Lions. Dallas to Toronto. Okay, we have to do Dallas Toronto. Yeah. Mostly because you have a goal in the first 30 seconds from Fabian oh, Castillo. That's the Castillo from last year, right I there. Man. I, I, I want him to just, I want him to take the league by the balls and just make it his. Uh, like, I can it, see it. it. Just, you see that talent. I and mean, he's everything you wish Darren Maddox could have been. You know, he's. I, you just hope to find a way for him to be that guy. Can Dallas find a way to let him run unbridled? He's that horse yeah. that can't be tamed. You know, in movies they say that horse, that one over there, no <laughs> one could tame him. Like, just let that horse run. Open up the doors and just see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. So he scores twice. They get a goal from Blas Perez. They're up three nothing inside of half an hour on Toronto, who looks. Yeah. Like you know, like, like somebody stole their ice cream cone. Like it just whatever's going and wrong. It was the same play a couple times. It was just that nice clinical, like cr- just splitting the defense pass. And I, to this day, I think I maybe I said it before. How does a team with Robin Frazier and Greg Vanny running it 
have a defense that gets know. beaten like that well, they, so often. They also had a miscommunication that led to Perez's goal. It just it, it was just ugliness. Then you have the lights go out. The lights shut down in Frisco. They had a lightning storm, so that was part of that was obviously a major uh, reason for it. So when, the ga- when it happens in the galaxy, it's a big joke. It happens in Dallas, all of a sudden it's a, well, it's a lightning storm. No one actually accidentally turned off I the think, lights on purpose. I think or we I think we are all ag- in agreement that those lights were turned off on purpose because Houston was getting into that game and starting to control Houston's. things. I think that's a yeah, I think that's true. An act of God. God just <laughs> happens to be a galaxy fan. Man, I would love to do a show with like the best MLS conspiracy theories. I, I want them all. I want to hear them. I did pe- you do that one time? I, soccer morning i had a well no but i i pitched i i've pitched this idea for a show that was like a half like a joke show i never was actually going to do it and i even started a twitter account it was called post to post instead of coast to coast and i was going to yes. have it be all about conspiracy theories and stuff like that and it got it just wasn't thick there wasn't enough there but we we need to more we need more of that absolutely um i but, think that the Fabian castillo was made in a lab yeah, maybe that's it. But you had the lights go out. Well, how long was it? Three and a half hours. Three hours, and they, credit some fans stayed. I oh god, you, that's commitment. Then they come back, and Toronto's down three nothing into like the eighty third, eighty fourth. It's getting late, and then all of a sudden it's the Jovinko show, and boom, boom, Toronto's back in it. Now they come up short. The kid could have had four. He could have <sighs> had four he, in that last. He part. is he is ridiculous. He is absolutely ridiculous. They need to find a way to win games so that people will recognize how good Jovinko is because he's fun. I mean, his 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 finishes look like they were just second thoughts. Yeah, that, no. <laughs> that he 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 chips over the keeper from an extreme angle just as he thought. Oh, that might be something fun to try yeah, to like, do. Uh, uh, he takes a free kick on a half step. Because he just knows the keeper's not ready. It was kind of back in the day. Remember that Giggs uh, goal from a few years ago that changed the way referees now have to say, hey, wait for the whistle? It was kind of like that. But the guy was, the keeper was actually expecting it, and he yeah, still could do nothing yeah. about it. A half step. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing hit. I, we, there was a lot of great goals in MLS this weekend. A lot. Uh, you said Iguain, Kai Kamara, I mean, it, it, Miram, all three of those goals for Columbus. Uh, you obviously yeah. had a black, Dylan Serna. Scored a great goal. Uh, uh, re- uh, that was last week. Sorry, but I mean, we we we're catching up here on on goals. I feel like oh, I have to do that for everybody. I can't just pick uh, Oma Femi Martins. I even got, we even gotten to that Seattle game. Oh, yet. Hit the turn, the, the turn. turn, the turn. Was He's had two what two sick. and two weeks like that. He he is his ability to do that close control and turn is probably top in the league. Very, very dirty stuff from him. So uh, let's mention that Seattle goes to Colorado, gets a 3-1 win. That's a that's a good win for them. That's an important win for them. Yeah, Colorado hadn't been playing great soccer. They were playing good defensive soccer. They had kept everybody. They they lost to New England 2-0, but they had kept three clean sheets. They de- destroyed Dallas last week 4-0. So for mm-hmm. Seattle to walk in to, to, to Mile High or to Denver and uh, Commerce City and get that win is good stuff for Seattle. Did you have a problem uh, getting Dempsey on the starting position? That's good. Well, yeah, that well. too. Did you have an issue with him playing starting in that game after not playing Wednesday or not being in the U.S. squad? Did that was that Dempsey? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Have a problem nah, with I mean it's not the first time we've seen games like that play. And really, what does he need to be? No. If we're all no. gonna, t- if we're gonna fill the first half of our show talking about how it's a meaningless game. Yeah. Uh, can we be mad Dempsey's not there? No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't want him on that surface anyway. Just, just no, say that, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. just look at Kyle Beckerman for more. For, yeah. more uh, and by the way, I haven't seen a uh, prognosis on Kyle Beckerman. Has one come out? Have you seen that? Uh, no, I have not seen that. I'll have to catch up on that. Uh, Darren Maddox scored for Vancouver late in that match against RSL. That was RSL holding on for dear life because Salcedo deserved that red card. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. 
to have a bad red card there, and then uh, shortly, uh, not shortly thereafter, towards the end of the game, um, Olave gets another deserved uh, second yellow for two red cards. So they're going to be out without both of those players uh, come next week. And you know, I, I th- I've said it before, and I, I apologize. I'm going to say it again. Congratulations, Brian Dunseth, home home announcer, saying both those credit cards are right mm-hmm. on live broadcast mm-hmm. too. It just it, it bears repeating because it doesn't get said enough how bad home play-by-play and color guys are. They have the worst tinted glasses ever. Does that sense both of those? But both of those calls, yeah, that's a red. Yeah, that's a red. Right. People don't want to hear it, but they need to hear it. Right. Those are legit red cards. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, RSL falls to Vancouver. Vancouver looking pretty good. I mean, again, early going, all of those things, but looking pretty good up in the uh, Pacific Northwest for the Vancouver Whitecaps. You had the two games today. Uh, Philadelphia losing to New England at home. I thought for a while Philly looked pretty good. They were they were in control of that game. They probably should have put away a couple more chances. And no, uh, hey, there you go. New England. Uh, New England gets theirs. Charlie Davies with a goal, saying saying happy birthday to his to his wife with his his shirt celebration. So that's, Man, I don't uh, have nearly something as cool to say to do something like that for my wife. Right. I have nothing. I can't. What can I, I do that's cool like that? Uh, uh, on this show, you could you could like celebrate and lift your shirt and like she doesn't even listen to this show like she's gonna care. <laughs> well, you, but you're saying it for everybody else, like uh, letting the people know that. Uh, what do you think about Jermaine Jones starting as a center back for New England? Is that a long term decision? Is that in line with the U.S. national team? Is that or is that just saying that Caldwell and Dorman have been doing so well? That you want to find a way to keep them on the field. Well, he is coming back from an injury, right? I mean, he is coming back into the team, and if you have some sort of thing working, then maybe that's maybe that's the way to go. I mean, eh, you know, I, I I don't know what else would you do. What would be the usual situation for New England? I think they would bring Caldwell to the bench and put Jermaine Jones in the middle, and then you start. Uh, I think you bring in Chris Tierney. You push Woodbury into the middle. That's the way that that's the way that it would go normally. I think that's the way it goes. I think Woodbury does play center back from time to time. Um, I don't know. I just, we talked about benches earlier. On the bench today for New England, Chris Tierney, Teal Bunbury, Diego Fagundes. I mean, these that, those are three guys that would start for yeah. most most of the teams in, in MLS. And it bears a question. I think Taylor Twin may ask this on the broadcast today. At some point, who are you going to sell and get something for? Like yeah. At some point, you got to look at this as you have value on the bench that's not being used. And I don't know how they get all these guys on. Can you keep Till Bunbury on the bench when he's giving you that kind of production like he did today and no. down the stretch last no. season? No, absolutely not. No. And, and Bunbury um, not only set up Charlie Davies, scored the the winning, what turned out to be the winning goal. So, I mean, he's obviously a talented player. Fagundes was the guy that Twelman was focusing on. And the reason that you talk about Fagundes is he's young enough that his, that his value is going to be higher than most of those and guys. And homegrown, so you get more of the percentage. Absolutely. That's, that's more and in Chris Tierney, you got a guy with a left foot just behind probably Brad Davis, Michelle. I mean, there's only Fagunda, I mean, uh, Iguain. There's only a couple of guys that got a sweeter left foot than Chris Tierney in this league, and he's going to be on your bench. I mean, this is a starter last season. So I think Jay Heaps and, um, and Mike Burns have an, some interesting decisions they got to make over the course of the season. But that being said... They also have plenty of depth for CCL when it comes now. Yep. Uh, last game, I think, is the last game for us to touch on. And by the way, I did mention this. No games that we have to avoid because everybody scored a goal. That's really mm. good stuff. Uh, keep that up because I don't want to have to avoid anybody. New York City FC losing, losing losing to Portland at Yankee Stadium. 
Uh, big big road win for the Timbers. I mean, whether or not they look good, I think is kind of beyond the point anymore. Just go get some points. And yeah, NYCFC comes off a Thursday match. They have to play today. They obviously uh, they didn't have David Villa. They didn't have Mix Discarude. They had uh, you know they had some hangover from the national team in that in that regard. So you know maybe you throw that out a little bit, but they are at home. So NYCFC right now is losing the battle of the expansion side teams, right? If you want to put them head to head, it's a little. I mean, you know, they're they're battling to get points. Why for not? You kind of have to. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. They're they're losing the battle to Orlando right now. And man, I try to think about Jay, Jason Christ's team today. I finally started to see a little bit of the Jason Christ ball in the first half, and I'm used to seeing RSL. And I think almost when you have like mixed screwed and you have Davi Villa off the field. He's forced to play the way he's always played in the past. Do more with less. Get guys to raise their level just a little bit. I wonder when you have guys like like Davi Villa, how does Jason Christ deal with that personality and that need to feed a star player? He hasn't really had to do that uh, in his career. No, but I think they can. I think they can work within those confines. I mean, look again. I mean, the, the point the the point about the lineup is absolutely necessary here because you look at this this is not what they would trot out there mix was missing Bellucci's starting for god's sake well many Bellucci had a, a, a freaking incredible goal he had one goal that's his one for the season okay <laughs> it doesn't mean that all of a sudden he's a great starter no, in this league. no damn is. dog that's in a pro nobody said that and we know we all know many Bellucci many Bellucci is uh is is mls fodder like chad barrett is mls fodder like yeah uh give me another one here Give me another. Give me somebody um, else. Kenny fits, Cooper. Maybe Kenny Cooper's in that in that area. But the, Nate Jaqua back in the day. Okay, Nate Jaqua. Nathan Sturgis might be in that that sort of like. Uh, I, I think I like Sturgis as a player. I'm not gonna lie. All right. No, I'm not saying they're not good players on some level, but it, 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 they're about they bounce around everywhere. They never really stick. They never really. I mean, Sturgis had some great times in Colorado. It's fine. When Cano Smith, that's a good one. Out of the league. How about, about so. Stefani Miglarianzi? Okay, but nobody can say his name. Nobody can say his name, so he can't be that guy. No. So New York City FC loses better actually than that. Countess Smith is a pretty good shout actually. Uh, So NYCFC loses to Portland. Whatever Portland doesn't care who's on the field for NYCFC. They win the game. That's important. Uh, They'll go back and take those three points and move on. All right, we're we're running out of time. We're we we're essentially over now. We don't have any. uh, We don't have any time left. Is there anything else we need to talk touch on before we go? Um, not off the top of my head, dude. I think we right. got it all covered. I think that it's important. Uh, that oh, you people, should tease something. Yeah, I think it's important for people to listen to Soccer Morning tomorrow. I, it, absolutely, right off the top, beginning of the show, it's ten o'clock Eastern. You should be listening to Soccer Morning tomorrow. I, I'm gonna say it this way: as someone that's that's likely been on a journey with Jason Davis and myself for quite some time, and followed <laughs> you as you've like you've listened, you've done some amazing uh, yeah. stuff that like I wish I could have been on the path with you for, but our lives just went in different directions. You want to listen tomorrow's soccer morning because it's listen for me. I'm stoked f- for something he's going to talk about. I appreciate about. that. I appreciate. That. I, and honestly, and this is Trevor says it's getting real. It means he's getting uncomfortable. So what? I don't care. Come on. I, the one thing that I will say about this, and again, I can't really touch on exactly what it is yet, tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock Eastern, is I really wish, and maybe there's still a chance of this, I really wish that this show could take that next step, if you know what I'm saying. Like, there's yeah. there's some things happening out there in the world with a couple of guys doing some soccer talk. I feel like this show could have been that or could still be that. Maybe with mm. a, 
with different accents. Maybe we could be the guys that don't have those all accents. All I say is that I live vicariously through you, and I'm very happy uh, for that, things bro. going your way. All right, bro. Appreciate it, bro. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Thank you very much for listening and calling in to uh, Best Soccer Show. It's been a blast. I'm glad we got the new studio set up. Again, that should mean no interruptions in your normal Sunday service. That sounds like church. And turn the show into church. Uh, <laughs> should mean no interruptions in your normal Sunday stuff, and uh, I think that's a good thing. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Best Soccer Show. Go to iTunes ratings and reviews that help us out a lot. And we got T-shirts, and we actually just came up with a brand new idea for a T-shirt. I don't know if we can actually make it happen. Backheel.com/store. Some really cool T-shirts. We need to go through another round of stuff and like get some designs. Oh, that one we said at the beginning of the show today. I yeah. thought you were talking about the one I I I I threw out there on Friday. You guys need one that's like pan- pancakes and panenkas for oh, that's awesome. soccer morning. Oh, pancakes and panenkas. Those things go together so well. With that, <laughs> that nah, I just want to eat some pancakes and some panenkas. All right, guys, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.